today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, a Limerick businesswoman is appealing for help in returning a number of Ukrainian refugees to Limerick. Emer O'Donnell from EOD Cleaning Services befriended the Ukrainians who were staying in the Castle Oaks Hotel in Castle Connell for the last couple of months. And she's been chatting to our Anne-Marie about her relationship developed with this group and why she's now concerned for their welfare. Well, we got to know them over the month of April. Um, so I've known them now for about six, seven weeks. And they were staying in the hotel suites at the Castle Oaks Hotel, which is across the street from where I live. So I was regularly meeting them at my place and on the streets. So we got to know them fairly well over the weeks. And what is it you do? I own a contract cleaning business. So I have a laundry for my work. And because they were staying in the suites, they didn't have a laundry facility. So I offered them my laundry on the days I didn't need it so that they could keep washing and things happening because one had a baby. So there was a baby, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old in the group. Um, So I got to know them from coming over to the laundry. Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays were laundry day for the Ukrainians. So I got to know them very well over the month of April and into May. And how did that develop? I'm just curious because obviously they're they're in a foreign country. Do they speak English? How did you communicate? Very good English. All right. Very, very good English. And what kind of things were they saying to you? Um, well, they were, they were telling me a little bit about home, where they had come from. Some of them were from Kiev. Um, others were from, um, I can't remember the name of the town, north to the right of Kiev, where a lot of the battles were happening in April. So they were very upset about what was going on at home. They'd get phone calls regularly and updates. Um, and, and they were very disconnected. You know, they, they were here, they were in Ireland, they were safe. But always their minds were on home and what was going on at home with the war. And you would know when the phone rang, they would go with deadly silence and somebody would leave the room. You knew that some, you know, they were getting the next update. So that pressure was always there in the background. I was very aware of that when I was with them. I spent quite a few days with them. Um, I took them to find the European shop in Castle Troy. We went to Dunn's stores. They were so excited when they saw an LD. Um, so I spent several days with them. We went to their Easter church service downtown. Um, and I took them around to see King John's Castle and walked them all around the town so they knew where they were going for the May, May Day Festival, you know, our, our River Festival. Um, so they were learning a little bit about Limerick. They were starting to get jobs and they were becoming very settled. But I was always aware that at some point they weren't going to be able to stay indefinitely in the hotel, that those rooms were going to be needed back. We all knew that that was going to happen. OK, and what was their understanding their understanding was that they would be staying here around Limerick or Castle Connell and they were looking for jobs and getting work here. So of the group of 15, 16 people, four of them were now in jobs and two were about to start jobs when they were moved. What happened now, then? Well, the first I knew of it was last Saturday morning. Um, the, one of the two girls with the very good English um, um, she, uh, Irena called me and she asked me, could she come over to the house? And they would always ring before they'd come over. So I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. And I went out to welcome her and to find the entire troop walking across the road to come over to say goodbye to me with a present and telling me that in 15 minutes they were getting on a bus to go to Dublin. And I said, where are you going? And they didn't know. They just knew they were going to Dublin. And they had gotten word at lunchtime on Friday that they were being moved to Dublin on Saturday and they were to be ready with their stuff packed at 11.30. They were being picked up on a bus. So 15 minutes and they were gone. And they had no idea where they were going. So all day Saturday, I was in contact with them. They sent me a picture of where they were. I thought they were going to City West. 
because I know there's a lot of people being put up there at the moment, displaced Ukrainians. And it turned out that they were in the heart of Temple Bar. And I thought, well, there's many a Dublin person and, and many a country person couldn't afford an apartment in Temple Bar. So how they ended up there, I have no idea who made that decision. But it appears to have been made in 24 hours. That was all the notice they got. So they had to walk out of their jobs, tell their bosses, I'm sorry, I'm being moved tomorrow and go because they had no time to organise somewhere else. They just had to go. They needed a roof over their heads more than they needed a job. And they don't know what's happening, do they? They still don't know what's happening. The superintendent in the apartments in Temple Bar has told them that he, as far as he knows, he's there, they're there for two to three weeks. And so is, they still don't know what's going to happen to them next. Do we know who arranged for them to move and why? As far as I know, it was IPAS. They're the government organisation responsible for their accommodation. And the Ukrainians who were in that group were only given 24 hours notice. So you're obviously concerned, are you? I'm very concerned for their welfare. I mean, first of all, from having spent as much time with them as I did, I can see that some of them are totally struggling with the displacement of being away from home. They don't appear to have received any support. English teachers had made themselves available. That was all in the, pro- in the process. Um, but you can see that they are always, their hearts are always back home. They are always worried about people back home. So there's a lot going on with them. And they were comfortable here. They were getting to know people here. They were made welcome. And this just came out of the blue. There was no opportunity for people on the ground to help them to stay here and stay in their jobs if that's what they wanted to do. If they wanted to move on, that was fine. Some of them are young in their 20s. It's all an adventure. But for a lot of them, especially the moms with children, I mean, the little fellow who was only 10 years old, we'd, we'd gotten a bike for him a few weeks ago. I asked him what he liked to do back home and he said his favourite thing was riding his bike. So somebody donated a bike to him and we got a helmet and a little high-vis and he was as happy as a clam with his bike. And he came over on Saturday with two big tears in his eyes and he told me that he gave his bike to another child who's in what was our nursing home, which is now a centre for them. And he had to give away his bike after a month. So he came home from school on Friday and was told we're going to Dublin tomorrow. He's 10 years old, as if he hasn't been through enough. It's just dreadful what's been done to them. That's very sad, Emer. Oh, I, I was just, I mean, the tears on Saturday morning was shocking in my driveway. I'd say the neighbours were wondering what was going on. This troop came across the street and into my driveway. Um, and, and 15 minutes and they were getting on that bus and there was no choice. You did say at the start here, they, you know, they were initially given accommodation in the hotel and that was with a view to them being moved on to more permanent location. It just yes. so happens and it would seem from what you're saying that permanent, the more permanent accommodation is in Dublin. Well, in, what's in Dublin isn't permanent at all. They've been told that they will be in those apartments for two to three weeks. And the apartments are very small. They're like a bedsit. So there are two or three people sleeping in the bedroom. And if there's an extra person there on a sofa in what is the kitchen. They sent me a photograph when they arrived of the ensuite. And I was wondering why they didn't send me the rest of the pictures. I thought it was me and my phone. And then they told me yesterday that actually people were sleeping on the sofa in the kitchen, which was why they didn't send me the pictures, because they knew I was worried and they didn't want me to worry even more. So do you get a sense that this is what's happening all across the country, that there's constant movement of groups when they arrive here to try and keep providing them with accommodation? There appears to be. There Uh appears to be an awful lot of movement going on. And I mean, we've just come through covid And if there was one thing we learned from COVID and the website, and we all knew how to log in, we knew where the case numbers were near us, people had some means to keep informed of what was going on between the news 
and the COVID uh, app, we all had information. This time around, nobody's been told anything. And they're coming into localities, they're making friends, they're making connections, the children are starting in schools, and then suddenly they're moved on. And it makes no sense. If you're going to bring them to Limerick and say, there's the population of Limerick, we're going to bring in so many to live in this county, bring them and leave them here. Let us help them. Everybody on the ground is prepared to help. Nobody in Ireland doesn't understand what it's like to have a war going on near you and innocent people being killed. We've all been there in the past. We understand and we understand that this is unprecedented. But this moving them around and all this secrecy is doing nothing to help anybody. Four employers had gone to the trouble of hiring, training and getting those people working. And now that's gone. Where's the incentive for them to go out and try again? The next people they could hire the same thing could happen again. The employers are coming out of COVID too. They don't need to be wasting money on training to find their employees gone the next day. We were asked to take them in. We were asked to make them welcome. We were asked to help them find jobs and settle. That's what people on the ground are trying to do. And we're then stumbling across all these problems and the people we know are gone. Okay. Two of that group have already left for England. Isn't that the most amazing insight there from Emer O'Donnell from EOD Cleaning Services in Castle Connell who befriended these Ukrainians and now they're gone and she has uh, the concerns that she's outlined and she says that as far as she knows it's not an isolated example at all. Chatting there to Anne-Marie. Now we have reached out to um, various people including um, a, a TD to see do we know where exactly these people are going to end up and more generally what is the strategy here? I mean, we're dealing with what, 30,000 or so refugees. That That is an awful lot. And more, it seems to come. It looks like the war in Ukraine uh, isn't going to end any time soon. So what are we going to do in the medium to long term? Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.